Welcome to the third and final interview in the series with construction consultant and author Sean Van Dyke. This episode covers some random questions I had on my mind, such as the worst advice Sean hears builders receive and how he recommends builders weather a recession. If you're interested in more episodes with Sean, check out the previous two on attracting talent and also on getting paid for your pre-construction work. And be sure to check out Sean's suite of offerings at seanvandyke.com on social media at Sean Van Dyke. Enjoy the episode. All right, we're talking about bad advice and, and some unique perspectives here. So, Sean, what is some of the worst advice that you hear supposed experts giving to builders? Oh, man, you know, I thought about this question. And as someone that's in the <laughs> advice business, uh, this could go horribly wrong. Uh, that might be more fun. Yeah, it might be fun. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stick close to to what I know. And I'm at heart a systems guy and operational guy and and like crunching the numbers. Um, so the worst piece of advice that I hear a lot of builders get is that you just can't charge fill in the blank. Fill it with any number. You can't charge this much. Owners won't, you know, clients won't pay that. I don't care if it's residential, commercial, whatever. You know, the magic number out there is, oh, you can only mark up your stuff by 20%. And it's just, it's just wrong. And I understand that's where a lot of people, a lot of contracts where they start out and say, I don't know what to charge. Cause you don't, you, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So you start somewhere and you start guessing. But then, you know, people tell you, oh, 20%, 20%, or whatever that number is. So you get stuck doing that because you've heard it from so many other people. But when you, if you were to look at those, people's businesses. Well, they never made a profit. They're not growing. They've had high turnover. Um, they're not making the money that they should be making for the quality of the work that they do. And so they get stuck. And so I just say, you got to charge exactly what you need to charge for your business. And so you got to determine why are you better than somebody? Why should somebody pay more for you? And when you're starting out, you're early on, people probably shouldn't pay more for you because you don't have that level of experience. Um, so you, it's just a progression, but People get fixed, contractors get fixed in hearing what other people say. And this is the term I even write about it in my book saying, oh, well, the industry standard is blank, fill in the blank. There are no industry standards. You need to charge for your business exactly what your business needs to make a profit. Some construction business owners want to make an 8% net profit after all the bills are paid. So they charge according to that. Some business owners want to make a 20% net profit and they figure out how to run a business that generates that and that's totally fine now as long as i say as long as you're not doing anything immoral or unethical you charge whatever the heck you want and it's just like selling a house what's a house worth a house is worth exactly what someone's willing to pay for it the same thing goes for for your services as a builder okay this is a related question but what's an idea that you push to your clients that you don't hear anyone else saying and, and as a follow-up why do you think you're alone in saying it well again i i'd say i don't know that i've ever had an, an original thought in my life uh <laughs> except when i met with my wife i thought man i want to marry her but even then i probably wasn't <laughs> the first guy that ever had that thought i was just the guy that closed the deal um but uh i think and we had talked about it in, in earlier episodes but the idea in this with the skilled labor shortage that we're having right now the idea of viewing your next potential 
employee as someone you're advertising to. And I, I don't know that I'm necessarily alone in saying it, um, but I've certainly been very vocal about it because, and it wasn't something that I just thought of one day and came up with and said, oh, here, this would be a good idea. When I was running my businesses, I used to have a construction business, uh, a general contracting modeling business, and then I was a COO of a large trim and millwork company. And I just found, I kind of stumbled upon it because I was like, man, who do I really want? Who would make the best candidate here? And how can I get them to come work for my small company when I didn't have benefits? I didn't have a company vehicle. I didn't have some of these other things. But I said, man, I can give somebody a lot of freedom as long as they do the work. Well, my first employee, project manager for my construction company, I was like, you can work from home if you need to, as long as the job is getting done. You know, we don't have too much structure here. And that was that was extremely beneficial for the person that I ended up hiring. And I hired way above the pay grade of this person. She was a licensed architect and she wanted to get out of uh, the architecture firm that she was working for and get her hands on some construct, you know, get in the construction. And so it was an absolutely wonderful fit. Again, she wanted to make a lateral move and I gave her, I designed a great job that gave her some freedom and put her on a path to management. So that's kind of an idea that I think that I've been pretty vocal about. And we did the same thing at the trim and millwork company. Like I said, in the previous episode, we ran out of carpenters to hire pretty quickly. And so we, we thought, man, what can we do to attract people to come? Cause we can't find them. Like we're looking, but we can't find them. We need them to come to us. And so we, we took a deep dive on the mission statement, core values, and really advertising the culture that we had. And, um, that seemed to solve the problem. So now as I, again, in, in those little microcosms of businesses, I'm just finding it's that same idea that's working well for other companies. Okay. And I second what you're saying, by the way, that was what you mentioned on the previous episode with advertising to employees I had not heard before. And I'm going to be doing that myself. Now. Great. All right. So. Then I'll take credit for it. And then when you tell somebody, you just have to give me credit twice. And then it then it becomes your thought. You got to make it official, though. We got to call it like the Van Dyke principle or something. So that way it sounds. Oh, yeah. Official. Yeah, I'll have to do that. And then I'll have to trademark it and then create a website and then probably a coaching program behind it. Yeah, it's exactly. a lot of. It's a lot of work to come up with good ideas. Right. But until then, feel free to steal it. All right. Because <laughs> I'm sure that I didn't come up with it. Um, all right. I want to ask you one last question because this is just designed to be a short episode. Yeah. Some people are saying that a downturn is imminent in the next two years. And, and really, who knows? Um, so I don't want to. I'm not trying to spread fear, but that's just what the chatter is on the streets. So. You know, I, I even wrote a piece on strategies for protecting against a uh, recession on our blog. And uh, being an active builder, I've got a very serious interest in trying to guard against it. So I guess my question to you is when the next one comes, who knows when it is, what's your top piece of advice for builders to weather it? Yeah, it is coming. Again, I'm not painting a picture of fear and I'm not an uh, economist. I don't study the trends in the market, but the high level stuff is this thing, this recession, it happens, you know, every 10, seven to 10 years or something like that. So we're due for one. You look around at big cities, uh, you know, the Boston's, the Seattle's. I mean, you're there in Austin, right? I mean, and I'm here in, in Nash, uh, close to Nashville. I don't know how that's <laughs> those cities are sustainable at, at the cost of living. But what we think about recession, the last one, you know, 10 years ago or so, it was so big. It was so devastating. In general, recession, I think they say it's like two quarters of negative growth. That's just six months. Like 
that's not that long of a period. I mean, sure it is when it's happening, but it's not this a recession is not this big, huge, massive thing like the last one was. Um, and so it's going to happen. Then it's going to recover pretty quickly. In general, if you look at the history of it. So I'm not paying with fear. I'm not saying it's fear. It's just reality. It's going to happen. Whether it happens in the next two years, gosh, I don't know, but it probably will. But the the thing to protect against a recession, especially for a builder, is relationships. You will not have time to develop the relationships once the recession hits because everybody's going to be scrambling. Everybody's going to be dropping their prices and everybody's going to be scurrying around. And a lot of people that are out there that think that they're running businesses just because they're busy and their name's on the truck, they're going to realize they don't have relationships and marketing and a reputation where people are driven to their business. So when all that dries up, then they're going to be looking around. They're not going to have any work. Those are going to be some really great employees, by the way, uh, that you can start hiring. But I think the key to recession proofing your business is working on relationships right now, is having those deep relationships because wealthy people that have money, they're going to spend money during a recession because they're going to be able to get great deals on houses, on property and other things. And if you have the relationship with and I don't mean that to be shallow or anything, but relationships with people that are all kind of recession proof. Well, that's a way to one way to recession proof your business. And you're not going to have time to uh, build those relationships once it happens. It needs to be now. I like it. It's a different perspective than we have heard of and I shared in the, the article. So uh, it makes sense to me. I like it. Sean, it's been a pleasure visiting with you. I want to do it again. Yeah, anytime, Jared. Thank you so much. Uh, just let me know. I'd love to come back on the show. All right, man. That sounds good. 